the biggest fear in the states right now with gravel is that all you're doing is going to transfer road racing off road. Yeah, that would be shit. <laughs> I'm yeah. Well, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Hey there, friends. To new listeners and to old, welcome to King of the Ride podcast. Boom. There you have it. That is our guest today, Lawrence Tindam, sharing his views, <clears throat> which are closely in parallel with mine on a whole bunch of topics of gravel. We're going to dive into all of that here shortly. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. If you're a longtime listener or follow some of my more recent exploits, you might uh, remember that I said recently it would be about two weeks between episodes here in 2020. So sincere apologies to those of you who are waiting exactly two weeks. Yes, it has been three. However, if you are that in tune with my life, you're also likely aware that parenthood has arrived. Hazel arrived. My amazing wife, Laura, gave birth to little baby Hazel Grace King on March 8th. Healthy and happy Early in the morning, she was born at Burlington, Vermont's UVM, University of Vermont Medical Center. We had just wrapped up hosting my brother Robbie's 40th birthday party the evening prior. And you know, it's funny. Laura felt just a little bit different. She felt a little bit off there on Saturday. So we had a casual drive to the hospital just to be extra sure to check in with the doctors and make sure things are going on like they're supposed to. We even talked about it and joked about it throughout the drive. Hey, hey, next time, the real time we go to the hospital, that time where we're going to be in a rush, let's go a slightly different way. Let's skip this traffic light. Long red, let's skip it. But lo and behold, this was the trip. We were admitted. Laura endured a lengthy first pregnancy labor. And then the most amazing thing came into our lives in the form of Hazel early, early in the morning. Now we are two weeks into parenthood and it is the best. So now having started off this intro with such positivity, let's date this podcast in another way. This, this podcast is number one, AC. AC, of course, refers to after coronavirus. Now, I've been thinking at length about ways to engage this day and age, to bring news, to provide news, to create, to, to bring some upbeat happiness into the world. Now, I love blogging, for example, but every day that I sit down to write, I'm honestly overwhelmed by, by so much that's going on that I haven't been writing. And admittedly, a big part of that reason is the whole new world that's arrived with parenthood. It's busy. As much as it's fast-paced, it's actually made me slow down. I changed more diapers on day one of having Hazel live under our roof than I did in the previous 37 years of my time on Earth. There's truth to that. It's also true that I spend countless amount of time just, just staring at her, gazing at this little miracle, thinking about the, about the side of possibility, about potential, looking at this little baby growing up in a brand new world. Heck, we just ticked through to spring on the calendar. It's a season of hope, of birth, of refreshing newness. So honestly, my biggest takeaway in entering parenthood is this immediate switch that has been flipped. So previously in my mind, yeah, yeah, it's another baby, cool. But now when it's my baby, our creation, our little swaddled pile of perfection, there is nothing even remotely close that I have ever felt like this before. Laura and I are in this, of course, mandatory socially distance heaven all around us with Hazel by our side. We recognize how blessed we are with this happy, healthy birth. We are happy to embrace this time and spend it at home. We are excited to raise this child amid the uncertainties in this day and age. So now, let's jump into it. Our guest today is a father himself of two super cute little boys little rippers on bikes. He is a professional cyclist, eh, retired professional cyclist. He's tackling this gravel thingamajigger as much as anyone amid these crazy times. Lawrence Tendam, Dutch pro, longtime super domestique, right-hand man to Tom DeMoulin in his breakout Giro d'Italia overall victory 2017. This longtime pro, Lawrence Tendam, LTD, he is a crack-up. 
He is the original adventurer. He is OG to van life. Heck, I think he introduced van life to the Dutch culture. So let's now set the scene. The podcast was recorded January 2020, early on in January. That's PC, pre-coronavirus hitting the global circus that it has become. We were riding the coast ride with our mutually great friend, Joao Correa and the Ngamba Tours crew. Joao, of course, guest on this show, episode number 50. Check that one out. He's going to make a late show appearance. Anyway, we're riding the coast ride, this 300-person roving peloton migrating from San Francisco down to Los Angeles over the course of four days, mid-January. We're about two, three days in during the recording of this podcast, and we are sitting in a many decade old ruby red VW van. The thing is a stunner owned by Joao. So our recording studio here on King of the Ride is anywhere that I have my mics, and this is one of the better settings for a podcast. Lawrence is going to talk about his journeyman career. You might remember seeing that guy during the Tour de France. Backtrack a couple years, it's July. You see this guy who who's, looks like a mummy. His bandages all across his face, finishing a tour stage after a particularly harrowing crash. Yep, that was Lawrence. You're going to pick up on his laid-back attitude straight away. He lives the mullet protocol. He is business on the bike, and he is as fun and casual as it gets off the bike. He lived the American bike racer's dream. Check this out. Towards the end of his career, he brought his family from the Netherlands to California. Here was in 2016. Living in Santa Cruz, just a few-minute walk from the beach. Amid that, he still pieced together one of the best race programs, the most enviable programs that went from the Spring Classics, Tour of California, Tour de France, and Leadville that anyone has ever seen. That is the dream program. He's got more anecdotes than he knows what to do with how he was how he was able to make this lengthy career that he had. We're going to talk about where he sees gravel growing because, quite frankly, European gravel is not yet a thing. He's in a very special place at the cutting edge given his influence, and he can help steer this European gravel ship. Now, folks... Before we jump into the conversation, I want to wrap up by talking about Untapped for one hot second. Yes, Untapped is a company that I co-own. Yes, we are a small business. And for what it's worth, so many small businesses will not see the other side of this coronavirus. I mean, think for a minute. As Amazon and Costco literally can't keep up with their demand, small companies are getting hammered amid social distancing where municipalities are telling stores that they are not allowed to open their front doors. So think about brick-and-mortar shops in the, in the overall sense right now. Think about how hard it is for business. Now think about your local bike shop, ski shop, run shop, outdoor shop. If the scene where you are is anything like it is around here, social distancing is taking a huge toll as folks are having to close their front doors. Meanwhile, we at Untapped, we love our friends in brick and mortar. We need retail. That is often the first place that someone is going to see Untapped. It's the first time they're going to hold an Untapped packet. It's the first time they're going to try and buy Untapped for the first time. So we, we certainly do retail sales and shops, and we do online sales on our website. So here is the rock-solid take-home message that I want you to go home with. My co-founders were thinking me just the other day, in this age of coronavirus, what if we donated a portion of every sale to your local bike shop, ski shop, run shop, grocer, wherever it is that you get your untapped. So literally right now, when you buy at untapped.cc, there's a little place in checkout where you can list your favorite local shop. Just write the name of your shop, the town it is, and we are going to track that sale and cut a check to that shop. We are huge fans of retail. We are fans of small business. We at Untapped support local. Again, anyone interested, head to untapped.cc at checkout, list your shop, and we will be cutting them a check for 20% of your sale, whether they carry Untapped now or not. We just launched this a handful of days ago. It is catching on in a tremendously meaningful, really powerful way. If you're interested in getting your hand on some untapped, 
and you want to support your local shop, this is the way to do it amid some very trying times. My friends, I will not tug at your heartstrings any longer. Lawrence Tindam is a riot. Let's jump into this conversation with LTD. Yeah, dude, we're gonna chill. You know how I record in the man cave. Yeah, like (laughs) this is the new man cave. Is a what year do you think this vehicle is? This must be in between sixty. You know, this vehicle is is originally Dutch. A Dutch guy designed the Volkswagen. No kidding. Yeah, it's Pom. I thought thought it was a German vehicle. No man, it's a Dutch guy. He uh, he drew this. He drew basically a, a square. <laughs> <laughs> we, will, we will take a square you know, and you put four front, wheels. Uh, the engine in the in the back, cooler, uh, cooled engine. Yeah. Yeah, and I got the T6 at home, so I'm pretty jealous on Joao. I'm always busting his balls, so I want to borrow his van, but uh, he's busting my balls. He's never letting my kids inside this van because <laughs> my kids were for two hours in his house and they ruined everything. They broke his pipes. All his sons Break his son's Legos. Yeah, the Lego. Liam is still not over uh, it, I guess. So. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. So, uh, let's see. The original Dutch Dutch van life. Is van life a thing in the Netherlands? No. No. Not really. Like, like here, people are also living in vans. We basically right. just use it for the holidays. So, know? do you have the Sprinter van? Like, the Sprinter no, van is such Volks a big one. thing. Right, right, small but, Sorry, Ute. The Royal Ute. I have the, the Euro van. But does... does the Sprinter van is such a big yeah. thing in America. Has no. the Sprinter van made no, it? To no, no, not at all. No kidding. We have the Euro van. Yeah. What is a Euro van? Yeah, that's what. I, it's like a, a California Volkswagen. It's just like uh, okay. the Caravelle, but then with the pop-up roof. Yeah. But not like this one, but a little bit electricity. You know, it's going. Sure. And uh, basically, it's it's the same size as as this thing, and I camp in this with four four people, or my, my wife and two kids. Okay, and that's how I uh, I I used to travel to all the criteriums in Holland. No kidding, to the races. All right, so we'll get an image of this vehicle again. Give me an estimate on this year, nineteen sixty to nineteen. What now? Yeah, in between sixty and seventy. Okay, let's say 60, 60. 60 and seventy, bright bright red, oh, maybe Volkswagen. What do you even call it? Volkswagen bus? Yeah, T2. Okay. Well, maybe it's early 70s, but this was like the hippie, the hippie fan. You well, know? this is perfect. We're in hippie-loving Moro yeah. Bay uh, next to Cayucos. We're on day two of the coast ride. This is your first coast ride. Well, yeah. this is your first official coast ride. I did one already. Yeah. I got uh, I got sweet memories of uh, of the 600 not on 100. Exactly. Well I said. 600 I, uh, not on 100. Go th- look up that hashtag, folks. I think uh, I think I uh, I joined you for the first 200 miles or something. Yeah, yeah. Together yeah. with this fellow over here, we're sitting down yeah, outside got, this small van. Iman Lucas. We got Iman Lucas in the house. Yeah. Uh, and that was a four-person. 600 not on 100. We went 600 miles. Tony Palici Little and I went from San Francisco all the way down to San Diego. Uh, that was savage, as the kids say. Um, anyway, okay, so this is the first official. Was, yeah, that was totally unsupported. You know, Correct. I was riding with my backpack, I yeah. remember. Some flip-flops and, uh, and, and for a tracksuit in. And, and then uh, I remember finishing at the Madonna Inn. Yes. Famous hotel in San Luis Obispo. Uh-huh. I remember that hotel from the years I did Tour of California. I, I've been there before. Every room in the Madonna Inn has a theme. And yeah. that night we stayed in the safari room. The safari room. Oh, my God. Just like <laughs> cheetah-colored wallpaper. That thing was... Yeah. The, 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 do you remember the, the shower? It had yeah, like yeah, a waterfall. I, I think I think it came out of the of a lion's mouth or something. Oh, completely. You know, or something. Hugh Hefner fell right and, at home. Uh, and also the, I, I, you know what I also remember the breakfast in Monterey. Oh, and, uh, I think so good. After the coast ride, the day after the coast ride, I sleep at Iman's place. Uh huh. And then uh, we're going to have breakfast there. Iman, shout out to first awakenings. First that's awakenings. Where, that's where I have to go. Wednesday morning. Breakfast. To get all the cal- calories he placed. Oh, completely. Pancakes the size of, of, of dinner plates. The basketballs. Day be- the day before, we did 180 kilometers. I don't know mm-hmm. how many miles that is, but it's... Uh, buck 20. Two, yeah. 
and uh, and we couldn't even finish that breakfast. Yeah. Remember, we took the leftovers <laughs> and ate it somewhere halfway highway one. We were still eating the pancakes from breakfast. So that's a good throwback. The, the year was what, 2017, 16? Uh, 16, end of 16. What brought you to California in 2016? Amid, uh, just, yeah. yeah, go from there. Oh, that's a... Uh, it's, uh, so so basically, it starts in 2014. I got ninth in the Tour de France in GC. and I raced the 2014 Tour de France. Yeah. I did not get ninth. <laughs> so so then uh, I remember that winter I wanted to do better, you know. And then I started to pay more attention on nutrition, on training, everything. And basically, at the end, in hindsight, it was too much. Mm-hmm. 15, I had a shit year. I did a shit Tour de France. And, uh, what team? Was Those two years. Uh, Jumbo. Uh, what was it called then? Uh, Lotto Jumbo. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Before the 14 was Belkin. Yeah. So there was yep. the green, yep. and then I got into yellow. And back then, 15 was also a bad year for the Jumbo for the Jumbo team. And now they're on yeah. to- yeah. top of the game. Top, you know, like the, totally. the, they they're against the Ineos. I think they're the big uh, for two sure. teams. Yeah. But back then it was a small team, and budget got uh, got down, but. I broke my back two weeks after the tour. I, a car hit me in uh, training. I broke uh, L1, like oh. a fracture. And I always had the dream since I started racing my bike. Like, okay, I, I got my kids late. Or like, like semi-late. like, mm-hmm. And then I want to retire more or less early because I always want to travel with my kids before yeah. they have to go to school yeah, yeah. in a big fan. And I wanted to do the big American road trip for one year or something. <laughs> but then I got... Yeah, then you got good at cycling and better and better. And at the end, I, I, I remember I was with my broken back and my kids in, at house. And I said to Tessa, like, yeah, if we if we still want to do it, we have to do it now. Yeah. So I phoned Joao. Yeah. Like, Joao, stop all negotiations in uh, Europe. Mm-hmm. I want to go to America. And we, we turned down the whole view of traveling around uh, the US in a big camper van and we decided that it might be good to to step down in cycling to go continental and race for a small American team and live in California and have fun the last year and it would be my last year normally yeah and then Joao said whoa 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 not so fast you know and what if I make you a team which allows you to live in California and still race the Tour de France I said that's not going to happen, but... That's the perfect <laughs> that, program. That's what every American wants to yeah, do. Yeah, that's what... That's, so if a European guy asks for that program... Yeah. Uh, but at the end, it worked out. I got a new team, Sumap, uh-huh. or Giant Alpes team back then. And uh, I only had to race the Tour de France and Paris-Nice and Catalonia. And the rest I was in uh, in the US. So we lived in Santa Cruz for the whole year with me and the family. So that was cool. And that's how we encountered a lot uh, during that year. Because it's right. first year of retirement for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First year retirement. Or retirement. Yeah, so to speak. <laughs> January, moved to California. Back then you really thought it was a retirement, Completely. right? Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. gravel. And now you're still racing bikes. And <laughs> <laughs> now we still pin a number. Uh, is it actually with numbers, gravel? Uh, often there's numbers. The thing about pinning a number on is you pin the number on your handlebar. If anything, not your back anymore. So same yeah. as the beach races. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. know the drill. Yeah, gravel, gravel, man. Okay, well then let's let's keep jumping in the way way back <laughs> machine. What was your first year professional? Two thousand four. With what team? Bunk Giro Lottery, Big Star, some Big Star jeans or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so this is a what a pro. <laughs> Dutch yeah, team? it was like uh, you get uh, free jeans. It's, it was a pro team, so it's called yeah, uh, con- pro continental or yep. something like that. So, so second second level team. Okay. And uh, we didn't do any big races, but uh, okay. I grew from there to uh, basically after four years of being in that on that level, I was at Rabobank. Yeah. In between, a uh, one year Unibet. Yeah. Yeah, pro no tour, but yeah. we got kicked out of every big race. So basically, still I didn't do any big races. But from 2008 till 2019, I was in a world tour. Yeah. How much of a dream is it growing up in cycling, loving yeah. Holland, Netherlands? Is it to be a, a professional cyclist? Yeah, that's different compared to the compared to the US kids, I guess. You know, yeah. I yeah. I, I watched already the Tour de France when I was nine years old. Okay. And I I remember being in a van like this with my parents cruising around France and then we had those small 
uh, world receivers, you know, the radio. Yeah, and yeah, I could yeah. catch the Dutch uh, the Dutch tour to the France journal for hours. Okay. You know, I had the I had the antenna out of the window. <laughs> One time it fell off. My dad was angry with me. I was like, oh, stop the car, antenna. <laughs> so that's what I, I was 10, 12 years old and I was totally into cycling. Uh-huh. So uh, also that, that that's why it was difficult for me to step away from the world tour, you know, because in 2016 I did a Radi Latvill, I did mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. those gaffer. I didn't do cancer, but I did like I, I did a lot of the, the grasshoppers or alternative program, as sure. we would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then uh, I encountered with with Tom Dumoulin, yeah, still was also for me a dream to win the. Tour de France together with him, you know, mm-hmm. and so so because the Tour de France was the the race I dreamed of as a kid. For sure. And I was really happy that I that I could could do it for ten ten times in a row, basically. So, but uh, I don't know. It's it's uh, I don't know. You have to tell me your story about being a kid. How how you went? Uh, you you started late. I I remember you started yeah. really late. I'll I'll be super concise. I mean, <laughs> uh, I got into cycling when I was about twenty years old. And immediately you're watching the Tour de France on TV. And I remember, you know, I would do Fitchburg Longs Joe Classic. That was the beginning of July. And so you're watching the watching the tour in the morning and then go do the stage race in the afternoon. And, and you know, as a 20 through 25-year-old, nah, 20 through 24, there's no aspiration to go to the Tour now de France. Now they already win San Sebastian. Exactly. Like- <laughs> it's, it's, it's nuts. Like, it is absolutely prohibitive and impossible yeah. to get into cycling as late as I did to have a career in yeah. the in the world tour. Yeah. You um, were one of the last guys I think who did For sure. Like that. Well right. So you stepped away, you retired last yeah, year. Yeah, but I'm I'm yeah, so but I'm I'm thirty nine years old right now. So it's yeah. time to retire to be honest. <laughs> did you how hard was that? I mean you almost you decided to retire in, in almost twenty sixteen. Oh, yeah. And then how did you eke out a couple more years? Like did you say yeah, I want that, to be done by the just time? Just because I'm 40? I, I I basically I, I, I went to the US because I was fed up with the European cycling scene. Yeah. With uh, being in the hotels and, yeah. and, and see the same faces and but then I came to, to, to California in 2016 and in the cycling loving yeah uh, Santa Cruz man Santa Cruz yeah sure. so there you know like all the brands uh, like Santa Cruz bikes but also RockShox mm-hmm. Giro all the bike uh, Keith Bondrager I, mm-hmm. I was in the same gym with him you know like yeah. it's it's heritage over there yeah. and I, I I remember that I I found back the love for the bike. Awesome. I started to 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 do mountain bike. I only basically I did only two road road rides a week, and that was the Tuesday <laughs> ride from uh, starts at twelve from the from the lights. You did yeah, it together. Yeah, with me. I came down the ride and the Saturday Harbor ride. And mm-hmm. for the rest, I was enjoying myself in Wilder Range or Nicene Park, or did a uh, got a gravel ride to Big Basin and all that all that stuff. So I I dis- I discovered the love for the bike. I remember being in a van like this on Highway One going to Pescaderos. The, Offload the bikes. Mm-hmm. That was basically there was a Chevy '69er. I remember. And we did a five-hour ride. We finished at the Artichok Bread Company yeah, from yeah, Pescadero. Yeah. And then we had a, a big burrito, a six-pack of beers, and we went back. <laughs> and I was like, "This is training, you know." Yeah. I did four hours in Nicene Park, you know, with with the float trail with Westridge. So two good downhills, mm-hmm. and I finished at Aptos Street Barbecue. Uh-huh. Have a beer, have a have a barbecued sandwich, and also Daddy was home happy. Yeah. So, yeah. Then I met. I, I was like, okay, if I if I train like this for for the, when we went back to Europe, I encountered with Nicky Terpstad, and we have a great training group, Not Holland's Best, and mm-hmm. basically they extended my career for that's the, what for you two, call it, Not Holland's Best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Among Holland's actual best. Yeah. <laughs> so, talking to Ian Boswell. Who is a he's a neighbor, he's a friend, he's had to step away because he's he's conked his head too many times, unfortunately, and he's stepping into gravel. He is much younger than the both of us, and he has contemporaries who are he's saying that like every team is on ketones and every team individually is going into the wind tunnel and yeah. taking everything so hyper seriously. We were just talking a second ago about how hard it is to get into the world tour in the first place, and if you're not there by the time you're eighteen, it's like good luck, kid. How does that contrast to what you're saying about yeah. being so chill about it? Like, so, is the sport so, changing? Yeah, I guess the sport is. I, I think I'm one of the old, old school guys. You yeah, know, like the old guy. We discussed last two days. We were 400 kilometers together on a bike, and For we discussed sure. like, 
you know and i also listen to all your podcasts i listen to i, I read all the interviews <laughs> and sometimes i just disagree with that you know because of my own experiences like like uh just a small story in 2010 i got also too focused on that power meter mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Because I bought I bought an SRM myself, my own pocket money. I paid for it because I was intrigued by training and I wanted to know how the power meter worked. In your career? In my career. Okay. 2007 was yeah. my first time I rode with an SRM, so early. Sure. And three years later, I don't know if you if you noticed the same sometimes, but I got too focused on that power numbers and I was only training to get the average watts high and stuff yeah. like that. And I just decided like... 2011, I'm not using a power meter anymore. I yeah. only was training with basically the, the the most simple bike computer, no GPS, nothing. Basically, just a stopwatch, the speed, and mm-hmm. the distance. Mm-hmm. I got my best year ever in points. That's If you look insane. to my points, <laughs> so yeah. I was doing, I was 16 down under, I was 18 to the Swiss, I was 11th in Catalonia, I was 16. California MG yeah. Tour. Yeah. I was on the Mount Baldy stage with Leipheimer and Horner. <laughs> I was third on that stage. That's so there insane. was those two. And I was no power meter, no heart rate, nothing. No heart? No, no. I'm kidding. Uh, right now, uh, since I retired. I so what? what is your, did you have a metric? Do we talk about in America perceived rate of exertion. If you're going to start yeah. the timer, it's like, I'm going to do a zone four. Like, I'm not going to do a zone four. I'm just going, I don't know, going fast up that mountain. <laughs> I did 4020s, you know, based yeah, on yeah. based on yeah exertion or based on my stopwatch. And, and right, it's like 40 means like, you're going flat out for 40 seconds. Yeah. Uh, do you, and so you spend time motor you, pace? Or? I had only three. Yeah, I did a lot of behind the scooter. Yeah. I always did. Yeah. You would just try to go as fast sure. as possible behind sure, the scooter. Sure, sure. And I maybe I had only two or three real interval sessions a year, but I mean real interval sessions. Okay. So I was nervous for those, and that's when because I had a coach, but he yeah. was from running. He doesn't know what a <laughs> watt is, but he knows time and he knows it's searching. And he said, "You just go to the Eisere Bosweg and Trintelen, and we had so that's basically two hills next okay. to each other. So you go full up Trintelen, you turn around, full up Eisere Bos. How many minutes? Times. Either of those. I don't know. Yeah. So when it was good, it was 3.40 for okay. Trintelen yeah. and 2.40 for Eisere Bos. But okay. when I was bad the last time, and just full. So no full, watch, full. just like, yeah, just like <laughs> full. And the, good, and the times were always the same, but when I was in good shape, I could do the same times for three times, for mm-hmm. three times in a row, like three climbs in a row. Yeah. And when I was bad, after the second, you collapse, and then the last interval is not yeah, an interval. A minute after, yeah, yeah. But then also the power, and st- but basically also when I was training in Turkey in 2014, for, oh, and I got right. ninth in the Tour de France, I did my own program, and yeah. I had only one really hard training mm-hmm. and I was basically trying to steal the KOM on Donner yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so Donner passed out and I was uh, also that was, was one I was, a key session I was nervous for and then I, I knew when I was good that I, basically I think the KOM was like 14 minutes uh-huh. on Donner pass I don't know and when I was good I could do it two times in a row Oh, so I did ouch. two times in a row the same like At, yeah like 8,000 feet I don't yeah so it's high I, yeah that's high and then uh, but And also the same with the with the beer. We're mm-hmm. drinking now a beer, mm-hmm. and I read a lot of stories and st- stuff like that about people not uh, be able to drink beer in a world tour and stuff like that. I got ninth in the Tour de France with one every night. I drink one glass of wine for sure. <laughs> Tom Dumoulin won the Giro. Yeah. Every night we ordered one bottle of wine with the riders. Nice. So it was like the the highlight of the day. Choose the bottle. Yeah. And. With seven riders, you share one bottle. You know, it's not like we were alcoholics or mm-hmm. something. But so, I think we go strict, but it's 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 maybe too strict. I no. remember you also mentioning you would you would pack for I forget it was a camp or a stage race with the chocolate. Yeah, you'd have some chocolate. Yeah, it's like before go to bed. Yeah, have yeah, a little eat, eat reward a piece of chocolate for yeah. sure. Right now we are both. I'm drinking a blind pig. You're drinking a pliny of the elder. Thank yeah. you to our good friends at Russian River. We are in California. And you had to show this dude a good hoppy beer. Yeah. So I, I'm, <laughs> that's what I learned drinking in 2016. Before, what, uh, hops? Yeah, like IPAs. I yeah. didn't know before. Well, right. To our unbeknownst listener. We passed the brewery of uh, Pedaluma. Yeah, yeah. Lagunitas. And also the Russian River. It's uh-huh. close, I guess. Uh-huh. During the grasshoppers. Oh, super close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, to our un- unbeknownst listener, if you are in Europe, you go to a bar and you order a beer. 
and a beer means the local lager or yeah, the big yeah. national lager. Yeah. But like in the states, we have so many freaking microbrews. That that culture is going over to Europe. Do you have Do you have good hoppy olive in the eighties? Yeah, in the Netherlands. I think there were only five breweries uh, left, like okay. big breweries. Yeah. Now we have over five thousand. It's the same as in the uh, US. Doma. So the it's it's booming. You know, okay. like every but. So so so, a lot of good things, but also a lot of get uh, bad beers. I drink, yeah, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and and I was also discussing today with a guy, mm-hmm. uh, the Belgian Trappist beers. Sure, they got a recipe for already hundreds of years, mm-hmm. and that's a, that's a dialed recipe, you sure. know. Like right. the, if you have a West Mallow <laughs> or a West Fleter, these or beers Leffer. are literally hundreds of years old. Yeah, folks. yeah. But this this one. How do you like it? Yeah, I, I love the it. The I like the really. Uh, so I, I like the hops, but also with the IPAs, mm-hmm. they start to put in citrus now or grapefruit sure. or stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I like this one better, to be nice. honest. Agreed. Okay, talking beer makes me think of uh, you. You've retired from the world tour and you've stepped into this. Yeah. Ambassador gravelly fun lifestyle role, and it, it was only recently that I realized how much you're hustling. Um, you have a podcast, you have a video series, and I bring it up related to beer because among your sponsors are Quaramont, yeah. which is freaking awesome. <laughs> sponsored by Quaramont. I got uh, paid to drink beer. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, you know you're going to step away. How you, uh, How do you begin the hustle? How do you oh, begin man. talking? I, like, I, first, it just comes, you know. I was already busy. Basically, the last 2019, I had two full-time jobs. Okay. Which of oh, one was being a world tour cyclist, big one, and the other one was building my brand, live slow, ride fast. Yep. Uh, but I also was editor in chief, or what you say, yeah, editor in chief of yep. Bicycling NL. So I I directed Dutch Bicycling, or the direction at least. Like I have uh, meetings every every month, mm-hmm. and uh, then I forget some some things probably. <laughs> Do I have a podcast? Like you say, I have a podcast video. Married, two kids. Yeah, married. Racing two- a bike. Overseeing a magazine, okay. Got some coffee going. Yeah. Merchandise, yeah, everything. So, so, but, but basically, I'm building a brand, and uh, the thing is, it's it's called live slow, ride fast, and it's all about balance, you know, balance in life, and a lot of people struggle with it, and it's not, it's 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 in between being a good dad or work too much or have enough time to train or have the good food, you know, like have a beer, but also try to eat healthy mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I, I, I notice in Holland, a lot of people like it, you know, everybody's yeah. is struggling with those, with those choices. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's why it's, it's got, it's got a big, big following in Holland right now. And I'm trying to do that more global. Sure. Yeah. His poetry lives slow, ride fast. Yeah. Uh, what, where's the easiest place people can find it? Live slow, ride fast. Yeah, dot com. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a website. Yep. Tessa does it. See the, I must admit. So basically, the, the podcast you can find there, but also I. Oh yeah, that's yeah. What, that check out the podcast. I've, Live slow, ride fast podcast. We got some English ones. Now, great episodes, great people, great great uh, ethos to everything you're doing. Um, I forgot yeah, you got the a events. coffee company. You got events. <laughs> Talk about the events. As so we talk about gravel. That's, that's the, yeah, so basically... Which, you, which, let me interrupt you real quick. I had picked your brain the other day about what is the future of gravel. And yeah. I, I picked your brain, this was for an article that I was writing for Sarah, a sponsor of mine, to get an a international flavor. Because here in America, we see a very competitive yeah. edge going to gravel. And I wanted to see what was going on in Holland. And It's totally go. different right now. So, so I went to Grandura 2016. Yeah. That was the one you broke the collarbone, right? No, uh, yeah. Just before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just before. Pre-ride, before. broke my collarbone. My bad. I did uh, win oh, it man. two years later, but that's yeah. So, but basically, I, 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 that format, mm-hmm. I, I, man, that was my format, you know, like, it was, it's a little bit outside of, so everybody has to travel to come there. It's like mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere, the yeah. Quincy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so everybody 
yeah, it's, uh, if you go if you go away, I don't know how it's in the U.S., but in Holland, if if, if men go away, you need yeah. like a card from your like <laughs> this is my free weekend, you know, like so everybody goes with their friends there and they have fun and they they go camping. So my events basically are grinduro style. Yeah. So it's camping for on a nice camp, two nights. Friday you arrive, Sunday you leave, uh-huh. Saturday is race day. We have a big party afterwards. Like it's a real rock concert. Perfect. It's like a uh yeah we have campfire beer good food we we provide all the meals mm-hmm. the only thing you have to pay for is the beer but we provide all the meals and it's barbecued stuff and we, i'm a, good... a barbecue lover so <laughs> so is pete Senton, apparently uh <laughs> what is what is your registration cost uh, it's 250 euros. Okay, and you get the you get, you get three the, days of the, fun. You got a full monthy, yeah, okay. and uh, so free free camping and five meals included, and then uh, as you just pointed out, Quincy is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, Holland is much smaller than the yeah, United yeah, States. Yeah, yeah, but we is go to pretty... Germany. Okay, so it's it's three hour drive from Utrecht, so it's it's basically because there you have also the remote roads. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it has great routes and it's it's segment style. Nice. So not from start to finish. A but, la yeah, yeah. And but basically, you asked me the state of Greffel. Yeah. I don't know. In 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 Europe, there are no races. Yeah. So it's all like my events, rides. It's rides, and we have fun. But it's not like prestige to win mm-hmm. the thing. I I also would like to change that because I like to race like like sure. the beach racing is. Uh, mm-hmm. We do it's it's real racing. We have mm-hmm. we race we race on the beaches in Holland. Yeah. Uh, so I'm aiming to to organize the. Open Dutch National Championships, Greffel, in 2000, 2021. Yeah, mm-hmm. 2021. Which, are folks in Europe aware of what gravel... I mean, I don't want to sound naive, but like, are, do they know what gravel no, is? No, no, here's, here, no. Here's a lot bigger. It starts to come. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how many fi- folks, would, if you throw an event, I realize that you are. It's, it's 550 sold out. Okay. And then for 2021, we have permits for 1,000 yep. already for the second event because I have two events yep. a year. But uh, I must admit, 2018 was the first event. And mm. then uh, of the 550 people, at least there were like 50 or 100 people who, yeah, they were a little bit confused what they were going to, you know, mm-hmm. like they were used to the <laughs> yeah, to the to the normal rides or stuff like that, instead of having that big party and people yeah. drinking so much beer and bringing their own whiskey or bringing their own <laughs> booze and have a big party. They were like, oh, what's happening over here? Yeah. But now last year, the second event, uh, yeah, the, the, it was filtered a okay. little bit, you know, and then you see also the people more in the flannel and the, mm-hmm. the gravel clothing and the gravel bikes, also significantly more gravel bikes hmm. because the first thing was also more on the mountain bike for example because people had the bike right. like I say as long as you're on a bike and you have fun I don't blame anybody for, for being on mm-hmm. what kind of bike soever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, yeah it's more about rides still in mm-hmm. Europe and he- that's why I come so much to the US because I still like to race you know right. like to, to bury myself sometimes well I think one of the one of the things you pointed out when I picked your brain about what is the future of gravel, as you said, it's not necessarily on off-road per se. No. So an event like this, like what we're doing on the coast ride, we're currently riding four days, 500 miles. On entirely bikes. on Highway 1. And there's no... There is a start point and a finish point every day, but there's no finish line. There's no prize. This is no This is no race, right? Yeah, absolutely I, not I didn't race. put this in my race schedule. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is about a crazy community yeah. that's just flowing amoeba going yeah, down the it's highway. it's so cool, you know. I just went I just went to Morro Bay and I see all the people collect their bags from that big truck. Yeah, and yeah. I'm already thinking about the article I'm going to write for bicycling because uh-huh. this is unique. But also the U.S. people are unique, you know, like... Uh, if I tell the people in Holland I'm going to ride, uh, I don't know, 600 kilometer in three days, they're like, you're nuts, you know? <laughs> and here there are people starting their rides, you're like, oh man, if they have to finish this at this pace, but yeah. they, they'll finish, you yeah. know? They just do it. But exactly what you mean, it's, for me, it's more about adventuring and mm-hmm. have fun on the bike. And it's not about gravel or roads because you could also do a bike pack race on the road. Sure. And then you have also fun. It's also fun, you know? Yeah. I, I, I must admit the dangers on the road with the cars are, are bigger. Mm-hmm. And also it's the same with... I hear a lot of talking about the state of gravel or the World 2 guys going to ruin it or stuff like that. 
And then I'm like, at the end, everybody's the same. They were young kids and they start to ride a bike because they love to ride a bike. You know, mm-hmm. when I see my youngest kid, he's five years old. You, you saw him in Latville. Bodie. He's got his first rider bike. He's yeah. got a he's got a pink one from Scotty D uh-huh. with a pink <laughs> helmet. And he didn't put off the helmet for, for twin, uh, uh, only when he had to sleep because yeah. when he was be able to get his bike, he was on his bike. For sure. And at yeah. the end, we're all kids like that. Uh-huh. We, we love to ride our bike, so I'm not going to push anybody away from gravel or i'm i'm hopes i hope that also doesn't happen is going to happen to me because at the end i'm a guy who loves to ride his bike and who loves to go fast yeah at the end because yeah uh, the first time you you sprint as a kid you like it so yeah so we're just guys loving loving bikes and riding riding whatever we want and of course gravel is maybe a little bit more adventurous and but but next week i'm on my mountain bike in i seen Right. For, <laughs> because right. I, I, I'd like to do Westridge and I love it better on a <laughs> so yeah exactly next week you have a hopper which yeah. I know is the first of your actual calendar it's been funny this this publication of what people are doing on their calendar for, for 2020 what do you got going on in 2020 um, I do that hopper uh, low gap low hopper. gap yeah, yeah. Uh, basically that was my first First thing I encountered with gravel riding yeah. back in 2016, That's I right. came here because I and then Joao, our mutual manager, uh, asked. I wanted to do crits, or I wanted to get some race speed before yeah. Paris because the week after <laughs> I had to do Paris, you know, yeah. like a, a big race in the world tour, and I was only training here, but and then it was not allowed by government, so that's why. That's right. I, that's why I went to the hopper because yeah. I said it's a grassroots race. You can start there. It's on cross bikes, but st- you still have intensity. Again, quick interruption. The UCI prohibited at that point yeah. world tour riders from participating in lower lower categorized events, which I think is a huge bane for cycling because it would have been super awesome if you had shown up to a crit I or went any to American a, show up. I went crit. to Salinas. Yeah, a crit yeah. in a in a blank jersey. Right. And uh, <laughs> I raced there, so that was uh, yeah. in your face, UCI. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, but I remember there was one guy angry with me because I closed the gap on him or something, and I was like, at the end, I also paid my entry fee to go to the Salinas Crit, yeah, and I yeah. just wanted to have fun there and race. But that's how I did the hopper, and I remember doing the hopper, and we raced for 50 miles, and I got yeah. almost hunger flattered because uphill it went fast, uh-huh. I couldn't eat. Donald, you guy, you and the other guys were way more technical than I was, so I couldn't eat either. Yeah. And then at the, you won it. I think I, Levi was second. Yeah, yeah. And yep. Jeff Caboose was third, and I was fourth. Yep. We come on the top of Willow Creek. Yeah. There's a pallet full of beers, <laughs> and maybe twenty of those big U.S. bags of potato chips. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I was like, "Fuck, this is heaven, man!" <laughs> and we were drinking beers. Eating chips and talking about, yeah, you went fast there. You you, you, yeah. you killed me there. <laughs> and I was like, why don't we do this on the Champs-Élysées? Yeah. Oh, my word, yeah. We already, we were t- 180 guys. We pun- It's like a world boxing match. You, you punch me in the face and I stand up and I punch you. And we try to hurt each other. Mm-hmm. But at the end, we're 180 guys loving our bikes. And we should have a barbecue together after the tour. But that was how I... Now, anyway, that's a hopper. That's amazing. And that's how I encountered gravel cycling. And that's the spirit I love. And mm. I do the hopper this year. Then I go back for my uh, the for Europe for a few months. Uh, to balance the rest of your life. Family, yeah, I, I do with my... I, yeah, I have to be of, at the home for the kids. I yeah. have an own event going on. Uh, we podcast all the Flanders classics. Yeah. So I do two of Flanders because I love also the road racing. Mm-hmm. That's... And then I come back for a waffle ride. Two, hop- two hoppers. Uh-huh. Kenza. Oh, big dog. What's yeah. the longest time? What's the longest distance you've ever ridden in one day? <laughs> you do some crazy ones. I did some crazy ones, but I think I never did the uh, amount of Kenza. After uh, 300k. The two days after Lombardy, I went to Lecky. So there was right. So retirement started, and I started the the pro adventurer thing because mm-hmm. that's what I call my, myself right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pro adventurer. But two, 320, uh, uh, yeah, 200 miles, I never did it. No. We got to bring you to Vermont. So. 
the the oh, yeah. length of Vermont north to south is is two hundred miles, and that's where the original name came from. Six hundred mm. on one, two hundred on one hundred, all on one road. I know. I remember you do that. You uh, did it every year. Check it. Uh, you started with Tim Jones, Timmy J. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The, this this ride lives in your. And, uh, <coughs> no, no, no. But that's that's what awesome. I like. You you just also where you got me on this ride. Uh, something you know then that's a little bit maybe it's more easy here because you have like highways <laughs> that long <laughs> you know and you, then in holland but uh but i like that spirit so then i do cancer that's a big one uh-huh. uh come back i do the tour de france as a podcast <laughs> and then i come back with the kids to do leadville and steamboat nice lead boat ah the lead boat well yeah, done so the, we go there with the camper camping and Try to have the kids in the kids races, and it's, it's like a family holiday going to the race. Have yeah. you looked at the logistics of what it's going to take to 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 race Leadville and then the next day make it no. to the start line? Okay. No, no, no. I know idea. you can win. You can do it. You can wing it. It's yeah, uh, it's it's how a good far distance. Is it? I don't know. Call it four hours. But oh, do you, okay. I mean, we've talked about it. The day after, but I go you, I, me, <laughs> Timmy Duggan, Craig Lewis finished Le- uh, Leadville, twenty sixteen, like. Unequivocally, the four of us said that was the hardest one day race we've yeah. ever done in our life. I would never do it again, I said. And two days later, I started to make plans for yeah. the year after, you know. I uh-huh. know. I've so, done it twice. It is heinous. But, but that that was a little bit of a crazy schedule because the tour finished on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. I flew Tuesday to California to get my. To get my uh, oh, that's right. Back then, uh, yeah, it was like a Dutch Grand Caravan, so the family car. Mm-hmm. Loaded up the kids, the jet lagged kids. So <laughs> Tuesday we fly for thirteen hours. For thirteen hours we fly Tuesday. Wednesday was uh, yeah we did twelve hundred miles in two days too. So yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, two yeah. days in the car. So I arrive after three days of traveling and the no US bike. Is big. I arrive at Leadville. Uh-huh. And you remember the bike I had? You remember the start line? Yeah, you remember. <laughs> The start line. We're literally three minutes from the start, and then all of a sudden, I see. I look over my shoulder, and Lawrence is holding his wheel in the air, which is the universal world tour sign for "I, I need a new wheel." I need help. <laughs> we don't do that in mountain biking. I'm Everybody like, started to oh, laugh at you. You blown so the tire to, off the rim or something. I have to tell this story. So, okay, go. Giant sends me a bike back then, and it, you, 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 you were laughing at me when I arrived, but I, I didn't know shit, you know. So I didn't like know. I didn't even know. Twenty-five-pound hardtail. I didn't even know what tubeless was. I just said, <laughs> "I need a bike for Leadville. I'm going to race it after the Tour de France." <laughs> so I arrived there, find my bike, drive to Leadville, three days of riding, one hour pre-riding, and then I'm in front of the start line after three days of traveling with those jet-lagged kids, <laughs> and then my rear tire explodes three minutes ago. And there's white shit everywhere. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I didn't know what tubeless was. There was supposed to be a tube inside, right? So, I was really lucky. There was a SRAM guy running. I, yeah. I still have to take him. I was not be able to because it was two minutes to the start. And he pumps up my tire like he... like. And then we race that. Uh, we start the race. Yeah. I remember there's a guy attacking. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? It's seven, It's a six-hour ride. The guy turns out he wins it. Todd <laughs> I didn't know who he was. I will never forget it. We go We go up the first mountain. I'm slinging uh, up that 25-pound yeah, hardtail. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you were laughing with me, and I didn't know why the day before. And then we come on top of that mountain, and I see all those seat posts go down. And I didn't know what a stopper seat post was. <laughs> so I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And it's like, two, 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 two. I was dropped. <laughs> so I come back on the second mountain. <laughs> on the top, the same, two, 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 two. I tried to follow you guys. I crashed, you know, and that was my lead fill. You know, I, I was like, fuck, you know, this is out of my league. So uh, I, I was a roadie like that. I yeah. didn't know shit, you know. <laughs> And right now, I hope to be better prepared, but that was a story. uh, Now, okay, welcome to Gravel 2020. There's droppers, dropper posts on gravel bikes. Yeah. Do I need it for uh, dirty cancer? No, 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 no. no. I'm going to bust your balls about everything I need. No, the the most technical gravel race will do, which you've already done, is Is Grand Duro. Oh, Grand Duro, yeah. yeah. So you survived that. I like that one. 
remember I was uh, I was there racing my bike and uh, there was two Argentinian girls, 18 years old. Where? In Granduro? Yeah, Granduro and they raced cyclocross, the the world championships and everything. No kidding. I remember doing that single track downhill and she was behind me shouting, Lawrence, right, right. <laughs> I was like, boom, she went down like crazy. Yeah, but that was, yeah, uh, yeah so... So I must admit I can do a little bit be- better preparation for this year. Okay. But, uh, perfect, perfect. I think uh, I think they will sort me out. Yeah, man. Yeah, full schedule. Good stuff. Uh, what what is going to define a good 2020 season for you? First year of retirement. You got you got 78 things going on. The hustle is real. What's going to make it a good year uh, so or a the, successful year? The thing is. I just want to make beautiful things, so That's I'm really yeah. But I'm really proud on on the the movie we released last week, Transit. Yep. It was about a, that trip from basically I finished my career in Como mm-hmm. in Lombardia, and I I start my new one and I I go by bike to Joao. I I, I went to speak I, of the devil, Joao. I went just to. Entered the I, I, we're in the. No, we're, we're in, in the, the van. I couldn't resist it. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like the lighting system? Can I can I can I borrow it for Latville? No. no. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> My kids they 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 are bigger now. Kids can come with me in it. Okay, and then I will take them and Tess is also welcome you. No. Absolutely. Okay, okay. The kids have grown up. They're delicate something. now. Yeah. Or less less delicate. <laughs> I don't know. They don't break stuff. I Stole my kids. I saw the bikes on the back of your car. I'm aiming for yes, those. Those are that's the bikes that I buy my son that he never actually uses, and then I end up donating them. I think that's his. They're like literally <laughs> every he's had bikes since he was three years old. His first bike was given to him by Eddie Merckx and Fausto Pinarello. Never used it, and like literally those bikes there, it's like his. I know two kids bikes. who will use it. I know, I know, I know. Just There's keep them in your shit. Those bikes. I pass all my bikes down. Good man. All right. See you. Bon appetito. Uh, so no, I go. just want to make beautiful things and to also I want to, for example, also for Flanders, you know, yeah. like I want to be in a community. The day before Flanders is the Flanders Fondo. I'm going to ride it, and then people are waiting in line to to climb the famous Koppenberg for 20 minutes. Flanders, and my friends, is beers. the biggest one day race yeah. in the world. Between period. what eight hundred thousand, one point two million people on the side of the road. All the Belgians are crazy, insane. For weeks, you did it on the- yeah, four, nah, yeah, at least four times, yeah. five times. How was it? Ridiculous. I remember I would get messages like weeks in advance. Oh my god, I'm gonna, you're gonna be at Flanners. Yeah. Fucking insane. And I'm and, a, the, and the day naive itself, American insanity. Uh, yeah, I remember lining up on the start line next to Hincapie. He finished on the podium that year. Okay. And and he's like, oh, I'm gonna have a shit day. And I had oh. at that point, I was so naive. He was downplaying. Yeah, I had no idea what the race was, what it meant. Uh, yeah, that that's a that's a good summary of my entire career. Just like naive but I going remember, into races. I did I did it once. Yeah, and, and, you and did you, Flanders once. Yeah, and I remember it was 2007. Folks, Lawrence weighs. <laughs> not yeah what 68 67 kilo that's like 114 yeah. pounds okay I, yeah I, I sprinted for i don't know i, I sprinted somewhere i was 40th <laughs> or something i was proud on that result okay that's yeah, very I'm, impressive so so basically i'm more proud on omloop at nieuwsblad so yeah. it's volk in 2007 uh-huh. than on my tour de france's exactly. is like, yeah it was like incredible on the cobbles but so you're going to flanders you're you, going to be you, recording you, something beautiful yeah yeah, we. It's, it's, I'm. I'm going to be there with the people. Yeah. And 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 drink beers, waiting for to to climb the Koppenberg. I also want to. So we're going to make LTDs or the Live Slow Ride Fast American Road Trip from oh. from from Waffle Ride to Kansas. We go every everything by car or by by. Uh, we we want to be in a mobile home, an RV, and an airplane yeah. to get from no. Southern California. No, we go from. Yeah, to get to some, but we go from Waffle Ride to the Hopper and from the from Truckee yeah. towards Kansas. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, how yeah, far yeah, it yeah. is. You probably know, dude. You got to drive exactly. You're going two thirds of the way across the country. Yeah, it, yeah, foolish. It's, it's going to be a nice road trip, and uh, we make we make a movie about that. And I want to encounter with people, you know. And I don't basically. I don't know if it's nice. Smart to say to my for my sponsors, but I don't give a shit if I get a win or a second. Huh. You know those hoppers or a hundred and second, yeah, or a hundred, whatever. I yeah. want to be there. Uh, the hoppers, 
Yeah. You know, uh, a journalist asked me, what's your best result uh-huh. on gravel so far? Yeah. And I said, yeah, I won a hopper, but I don't know the name. I don't know. I don't remember when because uh-huh. I was preparing for uh-huh. for the Tour de France. I won the Taint Hammer. And I only and uh, I remember the story. I told you the story the, this yeah, week. It's yeah. it's insane the story, but basically, which I just is worth want, which I is worth the travel. detour. Yeah. And this is like that was the perfect example. Of what's great about gravel? You're in the lead group, and okay, someone from that group of whatever it was, ten is going to win. I was on my road bike. Yeah. So you're doing the taint hammer. Lay it on me. Go. I was so so great name for an event. The taint, taint hammer. hammer. Perfect. Perfect <laughs> name. So I was. Uh, I, I got an email from my organization one night before. And they're like, oh, yeah, we we checked the parkour. And because before they said you could either do road bike or cross bike. Because yeah. back then there were no gravel bikes. For sure. And I was like, okay, then I do road bike. Uh-huh. And uh, But better take a cross bike. But I didn't have a cross bike in <laughs> Santa Cruz. I got one choice. So I was like, okay, I, I just put cross pedals on, I remember. Uh-huh. And then I had 28 tires. And then uh, after the second or third, yeah, it's, it's basically it's not a, it's not gravel, it's just mud. Yeah, <laughs> I come to a mud pole, and <laughs> my bike is like just like it sticks, like there was mud everywhere. So I couldn't continue, you know. So I stop and get the mud in between the frame and the wheel. I get out. Uh-huh. I remember the organi- organizer of the of the race. Yeah. He jumps out of his pickup truck. Takes off his flannel, start to clean his uh, my bike with his ju- with his shirt, jumps it back in his pickup truck and says, "Follow me." So I I go behind the car and oh come back God. to the first twenty. <laughs> Everybody is laughing at me. Everybody at cross bikes. Yeah. We stop with the whole group to soak my bike in the channel. Chuck his bike into the, yeah, the, the channel. Uh, so the, the, was Gustine. Yeah. So it's it, it's farmlands. I don't know. There are right. channels back there. I don't know. <laughs> So the sa- it, uh, long story short, the same happens like 50k further. Yeah. And then he says to me, "I wait for you again at the end of the of the of the mud, yeah. Yeah, not the gravel stro- uh, stroke, but right. the gravel." But it turns out to be 20k or 10 miles or whatever. So of mud. Yeah. So the, yeah. The, so the so, so the so I'm riding. I'm riding, and. At the end, there's no pickup. I'm yeah. like, fuck. It was 80k to go. It was a 200k race. I, oh man, I'm 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 fucked. Tomorrow I have that Salinas grid. Yeah. I remember I had two races that <laughs> week, so I'm going to take it easy to the day. Salinas grid. Yeah. So I'm riding just alone, and then suddenly I look around. Five guys are coming, and I'm like, hey, that looks like the front group. You know, the guys I was chasing, they went the wrong way. Oh man! <laughs> so they were <laughs> laughing with me. Hey, Lawrence, you know, the bike is clean again. I say, yeah, the bike is clean again. Hey, yeah, we went the wrong way. So we stop. I remember because my chain, because of the soaking in the yeah, channel, yeah, was like... Yeah. <laughs> so somebody had chain loop. So Perfect. we still looped the chain. Uh, 10 miles to go, uh-huh. 15k to go. That's the last rest stop. Uh-huh. We stopped there, and apparently the organizer, the organizer, who, who I still have to give him back a, a, a nice flannel. Yeah, he's a bo- bourbon lover, a whiskey lover. Oh, dangerous! So there's a big bottle of bourbon on the rest, and somebody says to me, "We all should take a shot." And I was like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> so I take a shot of bourbon, <laughs> and then we race till the finish. <laughs> and I managed to drop them. You know, they went twice for me, and I win that race. You know, yeah. and they were all like, "So that's." I was hooked, yeah. man. That spirit, yeah. that camaraderie, What's camaraderie, that? camaraderie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's something I I really love in gravel, and uh, yeah, I, I hope to to see the to 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 give that back also to the people. Yeah, that's what's wild to be to be someone that people look up to in your in your home country, and who who is literally introducing this thing because gravel in the states, you know, the joke is. We've been riding gravel for years, and you point your bike off road, and you go ride some dirt roads, and we've been doing that for forever. But like, the whole industry in the United States is behind gravel. Yeah, there are events, there are races, and when I say the whole industry, like you can, if you want a gravel tire, wheel, handlebar, frame, you can get it. That's happened in the states recently, but it's been going on for a long time. It's not been going on for a long time in the yeah, Netherlands. No. It's crazy. And, and exactly, all of Europe. Like, no, you're, for example, you're a spandex. prophet, man. Everybody's still ride, riding spandex. Yeah. I'm going to introduce a, a clothing, careful clothing. Yeah, no big deal. But among his other endeavors, Lawrence yeah. is starting a clothing, clothing line. Brand. Yeah, <laughs> just do that. <laughs> just <laughs> do it. No, but so 
yeah, it's 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 not there yet, but yeah. I think it people start to recognize people start like all those. If you go to the bike shop, yeah. my own, I, I have a I have a local bike shop. It's 300k from the event, but a lot of locals <laughs> of uh, go to my event basically. Right. But that, they sell the two weeks before my event that they sell. 10, 10 gravel bikes. No, no kidding. So for the for the local bike shop, they already noticed like, okay, there's something going on. Yeah. And uh, basically, those bikes are also very. Uh, yeah, you uh, you can commute with the bikes. Mm-hmm. You can yeah, if you put like skinny tires in, you can also do some nice road rides. So it's yeah. very. I think it's a, a, economically a good choice, you know. For sure. And uh, yeah, I think it's growing, and I hope the racing becomes a little bit bigger because i like to i also like to still like to go fast yeah. yeah and everything we've been talking about all week is like that vibe what's fun about it the the not mandatory stopping if somebody's in distress but like hey you know like let's stop and figure out go to the feed zone your chain needs some lube like keep that camaraderie fun so that it is not hyper competitive the biggest fear in the states right now with gravel is it all you're doing is going to transfer road racing off road? Yeah, that would be shit. <laughs> I'm yeah. Well, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's a shit. I remember I I did uh, I did those beach races in Holland already yeah. ten years ago, uh-huh. and now lately they because they're becoming teams in beach racing and okay, and I was always like the solo world tour rider trying yeah. t- trying to have fun on the beach mm-hmm. and then i was in a group and i was like why why aren't you pulling mm-hmm. and he's like my teammate is in front i'm yeah. like oh man i'm not in this i'm not in this race for that i have that already for 100 days a year in the world tour <laughs> you know like let's just go full to the finish yeah, yeah, and then yeah. so i hope that that's not the case in gravel same for all that training and nutrition stuff like I hope we still are all together in in it and, and drink a beer afterwards at Kenza. You Thank know, you. and have fun and uh, go to my van and I prepare a big barbecue and we have beers and we just have fun all together. You know, that Paris thing, my vision for Paris would be like all 20 teams having a big barbecue together. I hope like a lot of people are coming to my van in Kenza and we have a barbecue and drink beers and have some jams from Iman or something. <laughs> and this big uh, boot box out <sighs> but uh, Warren, it is a miracle we don't transfer road racing to yeah. gravel or not the current road racing maybe right. the road racing from when i became pro yeah i was looking up to my my my, my peers yeah in the team and every night i went to the bar and drank a triple or two triple beers dang and i was like oh fuck i have to uh, i have to <laughs> i want to be a pro like that yeah. you know and still ride my bike faster day after and uh and I hope that's what we have in gravel. I hope when we are, Ken uh, says Sunday or Saturday, whatever, Friday night, Saturday night, when we encounter, we drink a beer together. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. we cheer each other luck for the day after. I love it. It is a miracle that the battery from our recording it's still, device, it's still, it's still going. <laughs> it is a miracle. We started with a third battery life. But. I want to wrap before the battery dies. I hope that in our lifetimes, we can see the riders in the Champs-Élysées roll in casually and have a barbecue and grab a beer from the sideline because that would be freaking beautiful. Yeah, Duke and I would have a sprint and, and the reputation of winning that final stage, but the sport is hyper-competitive. What you've done throughout your career is, is enviable and, and remarkable. I hope you can introduce that vibe to European cycling. I appreciate the time. I'm psyched that we're getting getting the time to do this coast ride. Uh, Lawrence and Dom, thank you very much for the podcast. Thank you, Ted. High five. High five. Boom. Love it. Thank you, Lawrence. Thank you, my friends, for listening. Now, obviously, some things have changed in Lawrence's life, given the way this podcast wraps up, the way we end it, talking about his 2020 plans. Now, this outro that I'm recording right now is being recorded in late March. This conversation with Lawrence was recorded in early January. So let's be honest, folks. We don't know what's happening tomorrow, let alone next week or next month. I checked in with LTD today. I wanted to see what's up with his plans for 2020. Obviously, the racing schedule is on hold for him. 
as it is for you, for me, and everybody in between. He remains as entrepreneurial as ever. If you speak Dutch, check out his super popular podcast, for example, Live Slow, Ride Fast. It is literally in the top 10 overall podcasts in the Netherlands as he is keeping his Dutch countrymen upbeat with, quote, Corona Tapes podcast. His coffee business remains strong. His clothing will be online in just a few months. He continues to work hard and produce content. LTD is going to ride this one out. Folks, I truly hope that you are able to ride this one out. The coronavirus is going to test our patience. It will test our will. It will test the immune system of many. I I am sitting here wishing you nothing but the best. I will be sitting down to write more. We have more King of the Ride videos coming. Despite the indefinite global hiatus from racing. So please stay tuned to all things I am Ted King. I will be shooting out content as rapidly as I can produce it. That is it from here. Until next time. And now more than ever. Please enjoy the ride.